Let's pray. Let's, let's pray for ourselves right now. Why don't you place your hand on your heart, wherever you might locate your heart, the central nervous system of who you are, that control center. And just turn your affections to Jesus right now, because he is quite literally the one that makes all things new. Like he's the one. He's the one that pushes out anxiety and regret. He's the one that pushes out fear. He's the one that heals our broken bodies. Um, so Jesus, we're just so grateful. Make it your own prayer, however you want to say it. Just turn to Jesus right now. Just talk to him. Say, Jesus, come and live and abide in my heart. Come and, come and make me aware that you're with me, you're in me, you're through me. You're, you're never going to leave me. And Jesus, we love the fact that you would die for us that you would hang upon a wooden cross for all of the mad, bad and sad things that this world has been polluted with, our own hearts, and thank you, you make all things new. So I pray this morning, Jesus, that you would be the centre of everything we think about, everything we talk about. You'd be the joy of our hearts, you'd be the healing of our bones and our bodies, and you'd be the Prince of Peace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free to grab, grab a seat or sit on a seat. You can grab it, sit on it, <laughs> whatever you want to do. If you have a Bible, turn to John's Gospel. John chapter 3. Here's one of these messages that um, I had something all prepared and then yesterday at about five o'clock, I felt God go, whisper to me, I think we're going to go a different way. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crumbs. Um, but I'm excited. I kind of love these times because, man, you've just got to keep following the wind and the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I pray that it'll fit in with baptism, it'll fit in with Jesus, it'll fit in with this new life we have in him. Um, and I, I, my prayer, I guess, whether you know him or not, whether you know him, you'd leave here with a deeper knowing of him, this deeper knowing of, man, Jesus loves me. If you don't know him, maybe this morning is that point of no return, that point that you're going to say, man, I've been coming for a little while and it's time for me to give my heart to Jesus. Or maybe this is the first time you say, I don't know why they've got a bathtub on the stage. But you hear something about this morning and something happens in your heart that leaves you with questions. Chat to people. Chat to people you're with, you're sat next to. Or maybe come find one of us. We're going we're gonna to pray at the end as well and just give space for Jesus just to do whatever he wants in our, in our hearts. You up for that? Hopefully you've turned to John. And my little tipper-tappery thing here, otherwise known as an iPad, has died. Come back. It's back. John chapter 3. Come up on the screen behind me. Jesus is basically talking to a, a Pharisee, uh, a religious leader, someone that actually tried to hunt Jesus out in private and secret because actually the religious leaders did not like Jesus. They, they are effectively the ones that killed him. Um, but this Pharisee, this man called Nicodemus, he saw something in Jesus that really, uh, that he was intrigued by. So we pick up the story, John chapter three, verse one. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, my teacher, 
We know you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform these kind of things that you're doing unless God were with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. I want you to just log that phrase, born again. Born again. How can someone be born if they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb. It's quite disgusting really, isn't it? A fully grown adult. Jesus, sorry, let's move on quickly. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you. Oh, I've got some birthing stories for you, but I won't do it here. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You shouldn't be surprised, Nicodemus, that I'm saying all this. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound and you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. And Jesus says, well, you're a teacher, aren't you? You're Israel's teacher, Jesus said. And you don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you. Jesus is really underlining this several times, very truly. We speak of what we know and we testify of what we've seen. But you, you people, you still cannot accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things. How, how can you not believe? How will you then believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven. Talking of himself, the son of man. And I love this turning point. Talking about the resurrection power of Jesus. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man, that is Jesus, must be lifted up. That everyone who believes on him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Now I'm looking out, at, I don't know how many people, 150 or so, 200. Several of you have been made brand new. Most of us, I would say. So, you know, when I say Jesus makes all things new, some of us get so familiar with that that we go, yeah, that's cool. But think of that reality that whoever turns to him, whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith and trust in him are made brand new. That has happened to scores and scores of people here. Jesus says we must be born again. You know, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple, being a learner, a student, an apprentice, however we want to say this, this isn't about behaviour modification. I'm looking at you cool students. Man, I've, I've loved spending time with you guys, being able to share my story, being able to remind myself again of what this wonderful Jesus has done. He made all things new. That's what it means to be a Christian. You're born again. I think I've shared before, my friends, when I first turned to Jesus, they said, oh, have you become one of those born-again ones? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly who I am. Because there's no other Christian. It's not behaviour modification. It's not a patchwork. It's not a do life harder and better yourself. This is a completely, completely new creation. We must be born again. We must be born again. There is nothing less than 100% transformation of what Jesus does in a person's heart. 
where everything is made new. The Apostle Paul, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I think it is, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he or she is a new creation. The old has, has what? Gone. And the old is, sorry, the new. The old has gone and the new, thank you, Del, and the new has come. And the new has come. And the new has come. Death to something that was old. I love the fact that he, he paints this incredible picture. The old has gone, the new has come. He also says, and this has been a verse, you know, you know we talk about the, the, the Bible, the word being living and active. Sometimes there's little verses that just stay with you, and this is one of them. Paul says in Galatians, he says, I've been crucified with Jesus, and it is no longer I that live, but it's Jesus that lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to that again, friends. I have been crucified with Jesus, and it is no longer I who live, but it's Jesus Christ who lives in me. So if you are someone here that has given your heart and life to Jesus, however and whenever that was, you've been crucified with him. That's what we saw when these precious lives, these precious girls got into the tub earlier. It's effectively a painting a picture of saying, man, my old life is crucified with him. My old life is buried with him, but I've got resurrected, brand new, risen life with Jesus. And I know you could say, well, they're just precious little girls. They can't have done much wrong. But you know what Jesus says? Let the little children come to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I want to encourage you, like, if you have never been baptized and you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, follow these precious girls' example. Get baptized. If you haven't been baptized... You're not following Jesus. Eek, I've said it. You're not actually following Jesus. It is the first thing we're meant to do, not kind of two years down the journey. You see in the Bible, they believed and they were baptised because it resembles something of this brand new life that we've received in Christ. Man, I needed that at 25 years old. All of the mad, sad and bad things I'd done were washed away in a moment. I wanted to stand with my saviour and say, my old life of addiction and, and, and emotional, just all of the rubbish was in a moment crucified with Jesus. And it was buried in a tomb with him. And I rose to brand new life. So if, if you're a follower of Jesus, friends, and you've not been baptised, let me encourage you. The next baptisms we've got is a little way off. Sunday, I think the 7th of June. I want you to be the first there to say, Sam, I'm going I'm to do a running bomb into that thing. <laughs> from, Barney said he was going to do it from, from there earlier. A double pike or something, you said, bro. <laughs> so we're waiting to see that right at the end. But I want you to be the one that says, man, as for, as for me, I'm going to put myself in that tub. I'm going to be the first to sign up. Crucified, buried, but risen with Jesus. The beautiful thing is, in the Christian tradition, in our Christian faith, there are two things that we observe and are encouraged to observe. Two things, two sacraments, bread and wine and baptism. These are beautiful, beautiful. These traditions that we've followed through the ages. Bread and wine, we do often. We're encouraged to do it every time we come together. Take the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper, communion, bread and wine, because we do this remembering him. 
remembering his body broken, his blood shed. We do this often. Baptism, we do it once. We do it once because it talks about identity. We don't need to be, keep getting new identities or anything like that. We don't need, it's one-off deal to say, this is who you now are in Jesus. So bread and wine, often remembering baptism once. And it's amazing because it's all about this new identity, being born anew. The Bible calls it as well, being born from on high. Do you know where your residence is now? As a follower, as a child of God, as a Jesus follower? You're a citizen of heaven. You've been born from on high. It's amazing. Amazing. Like sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and you think, who are you? But this is what heaven says. You've been born from on high. That's who you are. And this, this baptism is a beautiful picture. Do you know, bat, the word baptize means to drench, actually. It means to immerse. So we get this wonderful imagery that a person is immersed or drenched or submerged or dipped into Jesus. The Bible uses all kinds of other pictorial language, covered with, hidden in, seated with, baptized into. And I love this one. Paul says, as for me, I'm found in Jesus. You know, when, you know, want to know where I am? Man, I'm found in him. Where are you? What would you say if someone said, well, where are you? Where are you located? I'm found in Jesus. I know you're not going to walk up to someone and say, where are you? Well, I'm right here, pal. Where are you? But I want you to think of your life as whatever is going on, whatever is going on, the mad, sad, crazy things that society, what happens to us, life happens to us, sickness strikes us, whatever is going on, you can say, man, I'm found in Jesus. I am completely covered in him. And nothing, nothing, nothing will ever change that. That's why it's so important. I want to just change tack a little bit. Acts, you turn to Acts, it will come up on the screen as well. Acts 2. Now, this is just after, if you, if you know the story, uh, God's people, they were terrified. Jesus had been crucified and suddenly they were hidden. They were kind of camped out, 120 or so in an upper room. They were in fear of their lives because of what happened to Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. It was this promised gift from centuries, centuries, right from the beginning. Like God had always promised to empower his people to pour out his spirit on all flesh, says in Joel. And, and then the Spirit breaks out, the Spirit pours out onto these hundred or so people and, and so much activity is going on. They can hear different languages and all sorts of stuff that the people around them thought they were hammered, thought they'd be at the communion wine, you know, thought they'd be... Um, but, but Peter was like, oh, no, no, it's a certain time in the morning. Like, why? Of course we're not. You know, Weatherspoons isn't open yet. That, that's not the deal. What he said, he's doesn't say that in your Bibles, I apologise. So picking up the story, so he's basically preaching Jesus, he's telling them of what is going on and he, he gives them some of their own Jewish history to say, remember this man, this Messiah was coming. We pick up the story here, Acts 2, 36. And he says, therefore let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. Like he says, he was the Messiah and we killed him. You crucified, he was the Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, and this is what happened to me. 
I was on an, something called an Alpha course and I heard the message of Jesus and this is what happened. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said, brothers, what should we do about this? Peter said, repent and be baptised, every one of you. Every one of you, repent, think differently, change the way you're thinking and turn to Jesus. Get baptised, every single one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is where I want to just move into a little bit. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Now, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying the only way to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is to be baptised. But there does seem a correlation here to say repent, think differently, change the way you're thinking, turn to Jesus, get baptised, and then you're going to receive a promised gift that's been there for you the whole time. And this gift is God. And this gift is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's what the people were hearing. That's what the people were seeing. That's what the people were experiencing, the activity of the Holy Spirit, who is God, on people's lives. This is the incredible fruit that we have for following Jesus. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is the promise of the Father. This is the promise of Jesus. Remember in John that he says, it's good that I'm going away, guys. Imagine what they must have thought. What are you talking about? You're the healer. You're the Messiah. It's good that you're going. He's like, yeah, it's really good that I'm going. Because if I don't go, he won't come. But if I go to your father and our father, I'm going to send him. And he's going to be with you always, everywhere, always. And he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to empower you. He's going to heal you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to encourage you. He's known as the paracletos or the paraclete, the one who comes alongside, the one who brings comfort. Do you know what that comfort isn't? Oh, there, there. That comfort is a power and a strength and a dynamic power that you're intended to live the lives that he saved. The lives that Jesus won for you at the cross, the Holy Spirit then breathes life into those lives and you, leave, you now live the real intended you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Friends, have you received that gift? If you're a follower of Jesus, it's there. It's in you. He's in you. He wants to move through you. He wants to comfort and strengthen you. He wants to heal you. He wants to speak to you. Jesus said, I've, I've got so much to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he comes, he'll lead and guide you into all truth. I want, want to just ask us all a question. How aware are we of the person and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are, are you doing life in your own steam? Because I know I do, 99.9% .9 of the time, if I'm not careful, and I wonder why I get flustered and anxious and worried. But Jesus says, hey, when he comes, he'll lead you, he'll guide you. So I want to ask us, how aware are you of the person and work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you continually aware of him? You can wake up every morning. I remember hearing Benny Hinn say this. He wrote a book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I love just the childlikeness of that. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you abide in me. Thank you that you're going to be my satnav. And you're going to lead me through life. So just, just ponder that for a moment. Because at the end, I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and 
flood us again to fill us, to remind us that he lives, he camps inside of us. God has given us the most precious gift and that's himself. Psalm 73 says, my heart might fail, but he's the portion of my life. We're wearing away, friends, but he's the one that will never leave us. And I want to land with this. Matthew 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. Not only does the Holy Spirit come and empower our lives, but he does something quite breathtaking as well. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him. You can imagine, hey, what, what do you mean? I'm meant to be baptised in... You're meant to be baptising me. What's going down here? But Jesus says, no, it's right that you do this. It's going to fulfil all of righteousness. Then John consented and baptised his cousin, I guess. And as soon as Jesus was baptised, he came up, went up from out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting or resting, remaining on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. In my opinion, the most precious and dynamic thing that the Holy Spirit does is he affirms us of our new identity. He affirms us of this beautiful adoption and sonship and this identity that we've received in Jesus because we're hidden, we're found, we're covered, we're baptised in him. The Holy Spirit's role is to show us Jesus and show us how loved we are. To affirm you that you're his son, that you're his daughter, that he so loves you. And you know what? He's so pleased. Ian, I felt that as we were praying for you earlier. I felt that for you, actually. Um, I don't, I don't quite know, we didn't ask questions or anything, what, you know, I know something that Phil led us in, but I just feel like the Father wants you to know that you're his son, whom he loves, and he's so pleased with you, and it's really this, the, 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 the latter half of that, he so is pleased with you, um, but you're his son who he loves. And we could say that, you don't have to be a prophet to say that, because the Bible tells us, that if we're found in Jesus, we get to share exactly the same identity as him. That I'm a loved son of God. I don't need to fight for acceptance and affirmation and encouragement. I get to live from that place because I'm loved. You're loved. We can tangibly, tangibly know the love of God. And I know for many of us, man, we get it up here. But this doesn't always help us, does it? Does it? I don't know. Maybe it helps you. But this doesn't always help me. I need to know it in here. I need to know that I know that I know that I am loved by God. So the same voice that Jesus heard from heaven is the voice that comes from heaven to you today, every day. You're my son. You're my daughter with whom I love. And I'm so pleased with you. Oh yeah, but do you know, I'm so pleased with you. But did you hear what I said? I'm so pleased with you. Did you see what I did? I so love you. Something I love doing when my kids were smaller, Tom's nearly sort of eye height now, 
is just putting my hand on their head and just holding them. Just, just don't move. There's something beautiful about that and controlling. But there's something of a father that my love burns for my kids. I cannot tell you how much I burn for them. There's something so precious. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can't do that will ever separate me. Like I am, like legally their dad, emotionally their dad, like will always be their dad. But I remember when they get, you don't love me. We have that. I tell, tell them often, you don't love me anymore. And I say, this is just the most ridiculous thing I could ever hear. And, they, you know, they tussle, just stop. Just stop. And just, just the calmness of, how, I know how much I love them. It's like a, 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 a raging river. They, they, but they don't know. But the, all they're feeling is just dad's hand, just stop. Do you know what my prayer is? That we would live under the mighty hand of God. And it's not a hand that wants to whack us on the backside. It's a hand that wants to hold our head, lift our chin up to his eyes and say, look how much I love you. Now stop. Be still. I feel just a... Romans 8, Galatians 4, says that we've received a spirit that has been poured into our hearts that connects with the spirit within and it cries out from within us. Abba, Father. This most intimate and precious term of this knowing, this acceptance, this affirmation of, that's my dad. That's my father. So I pray right now that you would continue to receive that affirmation from heaven every single day. Man, he's my dad. And he loves me. Affirmed into identity. It's so beautiful. Friends, I, I really believe this is how God wants us to live. This is, this is how he empowers us. It's not just with this dynamic power that I some, somehow turn into Zeus. It's a power of identity that I know, man, I can be even frail externally, but I'm strong within because I know who my father is. And I know who I am in him. It's who I am, it's who he is. We sing that beautiful song. It's just who I am. I'm loved by him. And I believe that the way we're going to reach a lost and broken and mad and sad and dying world is to be empowered into identity. To know who we are. To know who we belong to. To know that we are eternally and forever loved. Always loved. Hey, will you, will you stand with me? Let's pray. Thanks, Abs. The highest and most precious point of the gospel, the fullness of the gospel, is a transformation into brand new resurrected life. It's, listen, it is wonderful just to be forgiven all your sins. Like when I was forgiven everything I'd done wrong and I'd done some bad things. That is wonderful to have all that guilt washed but it doesn't stop there. Like I have been welcomed home as an adopted son, 100% loved by my Father in heaven. So the highest point of the gospel, friends, we are washed new, we are redeemed, we are made new, but we're welcomed home. And if we stop short, we are cutting people short.
And I want to say to you all, if you have turned to Jesus, you're loved by the Father, like passionately, deeply, eternally loved by Him. And if you don't know Jesus here this morning, you can come home. He came to rescue and to set free and to save and redeem and wash, but to welcome you home. All you need to do is say, Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you made me new. Jesus, I choose to turn to you as my Saviour and my Lord. I believe that you're the Son of God who loved me, who died for me and who rose again. That's it. There's no secret special formula. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just saved, but welcomed home as a son and daughter of God. Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment. Just focus on Him. Focus on Him. Oh Jesus, would we never forget who you are, who you are in our lives. Would we always live like Paul? As for me, I've been crucified and it's no longer the old me that lives, but the new me in Jesus. So I just pray for a revelation, I guess, an awakening in our hearts and our minds that we belong to you, that we're hidden in you, that we're found in you. So I pray for a childlike faith again, an excitement, a peace, a joy, that we are loved, so deeply and passionately loved. Just gonna give you like 30 seconds or so, just, just talk to God. Make it your own prayer. If you know Him, chat to him as you usually do if you don't know him but something in your heart is like oh absolutely I know when it was me it was like got all funny inside like butterfly feeling I was like oh gosh I think this is real you need to respond to those emotions those feelings because it could be the look, just something going on in your heart not going to hype anything but again, all you need to do is come to Him. Very simply, very honestly, in your own way, and say, Jesus, here I am, and I want to give my heart and my life to you. So why don't you go ahead and do that? I want to close as well by just praying for the Holy Spirit to come and flood us again, to come and fill us again. Do you know you can turn to Him 24-7? It's not just in moments like this, absolutely not. It's just a little moment. You can turn to Him 24-7. But I pray right now for that spirit of adoption again to be poured in your hearts. Romans 5.5 5 says God pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
So right now, maybe you want to extend, like, extend your hands, put your hand on your heart, put your hands in the air. Whatever you feel you want to do as, as a kind of conduit, if you like, or a vessel. And just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me afresh. Come and flood my life afresh right now. That I would know your love, that I would know how loved I am. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you make the realities of heaven live and real in our hearts. So just come and affirm sonship. Come and affirm our identity. That we are loved, loved, loved children of God. Jesus' name. Amen.